0: He is risen. Yeah. I love Believer's Church because we're kind of this spiritual mutt church. You know what I mean? Like we've got so many different traditions. I was baptized, Presbyterian baby, went to the Baptist church they got kicked out because of the charismatic stuff, and then... You know, like, I'm a mutt, and so we're all kind of from all these different traditions. So some people you say today, he has risen, they're like, yeah, I know, that's, they don't know what to do with that, right? Have, has anybody experienced that already? <laughs> you know, that's a good Presbyterian one we used to do. He is risen indeed. Um, Easter, Easter, Easter. I uh, I love and hate these high holidays. <laughs> Why would I say that? I love them, but I hate them. It's the most bizarre thing I've noticed, that at these moments we work so hard to remember either the birth of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, that we don't notice the birth of Jesus or the resurrection of Jesus. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because <laughs> there's a ham to keep in the oven, there's eggs to fill, there's all this, like, it's the funny, we're, we humans are crazy, you know? <laughs> We're crazy. We're like, we will do whatever it takes not to focus on one thing just because it takes too much energy and attention, you know. Uh, and I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, I love Cadbury eggs just like the rest. But but what I've been asking Jesus, Jesus, what are you saying to us? And this is a little bit of an odd an Easter message, I think. I don't know. I don't even. That's the funny thing. It's kind of like I hope we really get an Easter message today. What does that even mean? I don't know. Just sense of expectation of something. But I, I think what Jesus is saying is, is something unique to us in this moment as a community. So I'm going to set context for what in the world Easter is all about, and then and then just bring to us what I think the Holy Spirit's saying. To us right now and in Revelation 1, 2, and 3, we see that Jesus had specific messages for specific churches at specific times in history. Those weren't just like, those are letters to actual churches that existed in the first century, around around 90 AD, we think. And so so we just say, Jesus, we, we have to hear from you. We have to. Human words are so short. And these these religious traditions, they're nice, but they're just not enough. They're not enough to face what's actually going on in a broken world. But Lord, we're, we're crazy enough to believe, we're just risky enough to believe that your resurrection actually happened and has changed everything. So Jesus, will you help us to hear specifically what you're saying? to Believer's Church, Tulsa, Oklahoma, 2021. Through Jesus' merit, I pray. Come Holy Spirit, amen. So context is, you know, this larger stories that we know that the world is broken. Some of you guys heard this we, thing we called the three circles, but I've found that there, there's virtually no disagreement anywhere at any time for people to believe that there's something wrong in the world. Something isn't working. And and, and if we look at the scriptures, the, the narrative in the Bible is that that wasn't God's design at the beginning the whole design was for God to rule the world to be the king of the world and that he would rule the world through humans in this whole idea when we talk the word rule we get we get confused because we've kind of seen not very godlike rule but God's kingdom God's rule is that everything will work as the way he designed it That there's this phenomenal beauty to the created order, right? That, that the earth is exactly the right distance from the sun and moving at the right pace through the, through the galaxy and, and that, and that everything is just this fine-tuned beauty thing, beautiful uh, creation that then he also says, humans, I'm going to give you my image so you can be creatively helping organize this world and live in it with me. But he he gave us the chance to choose whether to consciously, by our decision, participate with his rule. He's not forcing it, which says a lot about the rule of God. It's not a coercive rule; it's a participatory, invitational rule. And we rebelled against it, and so our sin broke the world. It broke the order. In what went? Does anybody wonder what mosquitoes did before the fall? Right? Did they like I don't know, kind of clean the earwax out of your ears like you know, like a nice Q-tip? Just feels so pleasurable, doesn't it? And and, no, I don't know. I just wondered. That may be some some things that that's all you remember today, mosquitoes and Q-tips. But God is 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 this? He's like a hopeless romantic. He wants, he wants the design that He intended with us. He wants to enjoy it in the earth He created, in the universe created with us. And so the whole, from, from Genesis chapter 4 on, is this love story of God pursuing humanity to restore his kingdom rule. And so he starts with this one guy, Abraham, and then he starts working through Abraham's family. That becomes a nation that their purpose is to display to a watching world what God's rule looks like. What it looks like to live in consonance, in harmony with the God who made the world. That's why it, the law and the temple and God's presence is with them. And, but the end game, if you watch, look through the whole story of the Bible, is that God is restoring his entire rule over the earth and all over, over all creation. And whatever humans say, yes, I'm in, you're my king, get to be part of this restored creation. Right? So if you want to know the history of the galaxy, I just gave it to you. Where we're talking about this uh Palm Sunday, Good Friday, Easter, Holy Week thing. This happens in this moment in Israel's history where this nation that's meant to demonstrate to a watching world what the kingdom of God is like, and it's actually a bit disastrous at the time. It's not going super awesome. They've been expecting this king that God would send and restore everything, but it hasn't happened yet. But this Jesus character, this Jesus character, he comes and he lives this life that like people are like, what's going on? Because there's blind people that he like prays for and now they can see. There's there's people that can't walk and he touches them and they can walk. There's, there's this stuff that's like, wait a second. The blindness and the lameness, that happened after the fall, but it looks like this guy can actually restore the kingdom of God. He can restore the way God intended for things to be. And so, so this momentum builds, and, and, and Jesus is kind of starting to butt heads with the establishment. And then it kind of peaks at Palm Sunday, we talked about it last week, that Jesus all of a sudden comes to Jerusalem and there's all this symbolic action happening that makes it clear that he is declaring he's the king that God has promised for all this time. But then Good Friday comes and it's super confusing to everybody. Because usually you would think this new king that's going to restore the kingdom of God would, you know, at least assemble an army. He'd at least, I don't know, let's, let's build a palace real quick or something. But instead, he's rejected by the authorities that he would have thought would have welcomed. And then he's eventually rejected by everybody, even his own guys, and he dies. And so, Good Friday, we talked about this. You know, it's just like this really, really weird king Kind of a disappointing king. A king that died. And so this is what happens where where Easter arises is in that moment. In that moment where a national expectation had been that there would be this king to deliver um, this nation. To bring the rule of God. I'll, re- I'll read the story from Matthew's version of it. And make a few comments about it. So after Jesus had died, he went... Down just before the Sabbath, Sabbath happens. It says, after the Sabbath at dawn on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to look at the tomb. There was a violent earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothes were white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you're looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He's not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He's risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I've told you. A number of really amazing things happened, but I'm going to skip ahead to the disciples meeting Jesus in Galilee. The 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. So we see in this moment, Jesus, the declared king, the dead king, and now Jesus, the resurrected king. And he says this key phrase there in Matthew 28. That besides the fact that he was dead and now he's alive, something unique is happening. But then he tells the guys, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. It's at this moment that Jesus is crowned king of the world. It's it's actually, here's, here's what actually what happens is Jesus... Becomes the first human actually under the reign and doing the reign of God on earth. The kingdom of God that God's promised from the beginning that He's going to restore has broken into human history in the person of Jesus. That That He's reset. He's the reset on history. That death no longer is the boss. He is. So, There's this interesting road that Jesus walked. And this is what I think that that the particular application that Jesus is interested in for us. That Jesus, it's kind of this arc here. Don't think of Amazon. I didn't mean that until, I noticed like last night, I was like, wow, that looks like an Amazon package. Um, That we had this declared king, a dying king, and then a risen king. I call it the royal road. This royal road of kingship, an unexpected road of kingship, wouldn't you say? He said, now he sees the guy, and then he's killed. Then he rises from the dead and is crowned king. It's Very interesting. So the question is, how does that road apply to me? How does the road of the king apply to me and how I live? Well, look at one passage. There's just so much in the New Testament about Jesus' resurrection, but I felt this passage kind of captured this whole deal. It's in First Peter, the first chapter, verses 3 through 9. And I'll read it out loud and make a few comments about it and then apply it to this road. Peter says this. Peter, who we know in the story, saw the ra- risen Jesus, hung out with the risen Jesus, says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. So let's look at this passage. We start with this idea, praise to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he's given us new birth into a living hope. How? Through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. In other words, we get new birth and it's only through resurrection of Jesus that it exists. These, I put a bunch of passages on here because you can have access later to these slides to, to see just the richness of what's going on here. Here's the deal. If Jesus wasn't raised from the dead, we're fools. This doesn't matter. None of this matters. Jesus was just a failed revolutionary on a long list of guys in ancient history that tried something and they died. And it's like, okay, fine. So, 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 so if Jesus hasn't been raised from the dead, let's just do something else. This is a bad idea. It's not real. It's just a story. But if Jesus has been raised from the dead, to believe in that resurrection actually gives us a new life a new birth jesus talks about it in john 3 and it's a place where we're forgiven the resurrection guarantees that our sins are forgiven that anything we've done wrong god has pardoned us and guilt and shame are no longer a normal way of existing in a new life they're no longer normal it's not part of that kingdom jesus has handled it we're justified Because Jesus is raised from the dead. That's what new birth means. It means everything. I love it. Romans 5, verses 1 1 and the following. The message translation says, everything's good between us and God. Everything's good. You ever done that with somebody else? We good? God's like, we're good. We're good. Because of Jesus, not because you're doing so good. You're usually not. (laughs) We're usually not. We're usually making a mess of things, right? Especially when we don't think we are. He's like, I've forgiven you. You're justified because Jesus has died and been raised from the dead. We're enabled to live a new life. Paul says that literally the impulse to sin and to be outside the kingdom no longer rules over us. If you believe in Jesus' resurrection. You don't have to sin. You don't have to anymore. You don't have to. It's not the boss anymore. Jesus has defeated it. And what's cool, we're freed from sin's power. And not only that, but the power that raised Jesus from the dead is actually coursing through our bodies. I mean, if we thought about that for a second, that's like crazy. That's like kryptonite on crack. But positive kryptonite, right? I mean, think about it. You think that that a power that made dead cells alive is in your body. It's literally located in your body because of the resurrection. And now it can bear fruit for God. We all talk about wanting to have a legacy. Paul says in Romans 7, 4 that the only way you'll bear fruit is if you believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. His resurrection is the one that guarantees that your life will have lasting significance beyond this moment into the coming kingdom. Think about that for a second. It's not because you're so talented that you'll make a difference. It's because Jesus was raised from the dead. That your actions now matter. What you do with your body matters on this planet. So, we see that we've got this new birth section. But then if we go on in, in, in Peter's writing here, he says, We're born into a new living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who, through faith, are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that's ready to be revealed in the last time. So we see a number of things that Jesus, I love this phrase, that Jesus is the firstborn from the dead. Isn't that a beautiful phrase? Firstborn from the dead. First person to be born from the womb of the grave. I mean, think about this. The resurrection of Jesus transforms a mausoleum into a womb. Jesus is the firstborn, and He has promised that those who put their faith in Him will be raised from the dead. Even though you die, that means your body physically will be brought back to life on God's restored earth. There's some traditions. I, I have a friend; he, he's in a different Christian tradition, but they they take the resurrection from the grave so seriously. His 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 his. Uh, his bride-to-be died tragically, but he said, I'm going to put a cross right in front of her grave. So when she stand, when she comes to life, that'll be the first thing she sees. He takes the resurrection seriously. This is not a metaphor. This is something that's actually going to happen. And because of that, the agony of death is ended. Those who believe in the resurrection of Jesus don't deal with death like other people. It's not so intimidating. Because it's not an end, it's a passageway. And then what's out in front of us is that kingdom that's restored, that God dreamed of at the very beginning. We, we in the fall, took a long time talking about the kingdom. If you want just, to just meditate, for like 13 weeks, we looked at just those two chapters, of Revelation 21 and 24, of imagining God restoring health, justice, relationship, sanity, creation itself. And so we can see that that the road that we walk has resurrection out in the future. If we continue to look at Peter's passage here, he says right in the middle of this something curious. He says, in all this we just read about, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief. In all kinds of trials. These trials have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith, of greater worth than gold, which perishes, even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. In other words, when Jesus returns to resurrect us and resurrect the planet, the entire universe. He goes on to say, though you haven't seen Jesus, you love him. And even though you don't see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy, for you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Paul says it real simply in Romans 6. He says that the believer, the one who, who puts their faith in Jesus, believing that Jesus died and was raised from the dead, becomes through baptism united to both his death and his resurrection. Both his death and his resurrection. Do you know there's no need for a resurrection without a death? There's no need for a resurrection without a death. And so Jesus, as he was walking on this earth, before the disciples even could clue in to what he's talking about, gave them this instruction, he said... Hey guys, I want you to take up your crosses and follow me. And they're like, okay, Jesus is always saying something strange. I'm sure that, whatever. Like in our, in our, in our context is take up your electric chair, take, take your lethal injection and follow me. It's a little dark, Jesus. But we see this same arc where there's this death moment so that in the believer's road and following Jesus, there's new birth, there's death, and there's resurrection. Just like with Jesus, where there's this Palm Sunday moment of of announcing the king's here, and then he dies and he resurrects. And so, so in this royal road, here's simply what I think Jesus is asking us. He said, will you follow me? Will you follow me? Will you follow me? Because here's the deal. Easter is the whole package. Does that make sense? Easter is the whole package. There's no point to resurrection if there's no death. But there's no point to the death or wanting to go there voluntarily unless there's resurrection. Does that make sense? The whole package, new birth, death, and resurrection is the road of following King Jesus. You don't get to skip any steps. So, so I just want to say simply, first, if, if you've not experienced new birth... If you've been in a spot where, yeah, I get this, and it's just Easter, you know, I probably should do something so I don't go to hell, or maybe, you know, whatever whatever your rationale is, God actually wants to give you the life you were intended for. To unite you with life. Several Easter's ago, a friend of mine, um, who I didn't know him at the time, at the last minute, decided, I'm just going to show up for Easter. And the reason he did it is because he had seen someone in our church at their birthday party and thought, why are all these people so nice to each other? And I'm miserable. Because what he wasn't telling everybody was every night he drank himself to unconsciousness, living by himself. Successful from the outside, tormented in private. And so that Sunday not knowing if anything could ever get better about his addictive patterns. said, fine, I'll just show up. I didn't know any of this. I walked over to him and said, hey, man, do you mind if I pray for you? Which was weirding him out. Because I just felt like the Holy Spirit was, you know, hey, go after that guy. And I started thinking, wow, this guy, he doesn't have any idea what I'm talking about. I said, do you follow Jesus? No, I don't. You want to? I think I do. He gave his life to Jesus. Let me tell you what's happened over the last five years. He's delivered from his alcohol addiction. He found a lovely wife here at Believer's Church. Not saying that's part of the, the path necessarily. <laughs> but it happened for him. And he's got a couple of kids and is flourishing. It's a true story. It's a true story. It, it, here's the deal. What was the difference for him? He decided to follow Jesus and believe that Jesus was raised from the dead. and Jesus really did give him a new life. So we, we can go into all the arguments about how weird this is. Did it really happen? Are the documents reliable? There's good arguments for all that. But it really comes down to the question, is, is my friend actually living a new life because of Jesus? Or is this room is filled with people. One myself, who I'm rescued I'm rescued from my own darkness because I believe in Jesus, His death and resurrection. Now, when, I've, I've noticed two different things. There's two two kind of like poles you can have in following Jesus, and one of them I've noticed is is um, that we're, there's there's a kind of a stream that's very aware of the death of Jesus, right? That that. Um, you know this is going to be hard. It's going to be awful, um, and, and there's some truth to that, right? But here's the deal: what we need to know. There's no point in going to death if there's no resurrection. Otherwise, this is just goo, right? Why would I deny myself my appetites if there's nothing good on the other side of this, right? Have you relate to that? You ever thought why am I doing this dumb life? I would like to punch that person in the face. I'm not going to turn the other cheek like Jesus would. That's a dumb way of living. Far more satisfying to kick them in the nose, right? Why would I do that unless I believe the resurrection is coming? Guys, we are not masochists. We are hopeless romantics. Actually, hope-filled romantics. That our hearts are hardwired for a good ending. It's why don't you just not like those foreign films? Everyone died, and they're all depressed. And this is reality. It just seems like you know, America's the last bastion of hopefulness. It's got to go away too. But you know, like, but you know, the arts. It's like no, we're born for the for the hope of resurrection. We're actually hardwired for it. But the challenge i want to I, I think the lord is 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 probably a little more leaning on is that I think a lot of us, a lot of us are really into the new birth, we're so into the resurrection, but we're shocked that there's any death involved <laughs> We're shocked why would? Why would I have to go through anything hard? There is no need for resurrection without death. There's no need for resurrection without death. In the path of Jesus, I didn't make this up, I'm just noticing the path of the one who did, who got the job done, right? The path of the one who's actually restoring the coming kingdom, who's who's articulating and making possible what my heart longs for, his path goes through death. Oh guys, we've talked about it so many times, right? But but we might be the most pain avoidant culture in history. We got a pill for everything, don't we? I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, necessarily, but it can create this thing. One guy I was listening to said, when we are committed to comfort, what drives that is a combination of entitlement and fear. I deserve to never have to go through something hard, and I'm terrified of going through something hard. Make sense? There is no resurrection without death. We don't have to face death without the hope of resurrection. Does it make sense? It's really, really important we get this, guys. Easter's the whole package. It's like, finally, that chapter's done. Well, we're in it, guys. We're in it. We're in it. To live that new life free from sin requires a death to our old self. To, to be able to live by the spirit and, and what if we did just walk through the grocery store and did see someone limping and God did heal them. But that has to, we have to die to self-leadership so we can go to Jesus' leadership. We have to die to our reputations and our egos, right? So that the fun part though is the more you taste resurrection, the funner life gets but you won't taste it unless you walk straight into death. You know, Christians who get this are the scariest people on the earth. They are. They're the scariest people on the earth. And to your right side, they're the most dangerous people on earth. Because when you know that death itself isn't that big of a deal, you'll go anywhere. would not it cool when the leper the guy, it's not leopard spots like National Geographic. Our worship team's a little confused on that. He cleanses the lepers spots with skin disease. Jesus, you know how he healed him? He didn't say from a distance, be healed. He walked out and put his hand on the guy. The very guy that had all the contagion and said, be healed. Be healed. I'm looking at Paul Schmidt who daily walks right into homeless folks with all kinds of stuff that his life has been in danger multiple times, but it's because he believes in resurrection and knows I can't, shirk. I can't skirt around the death in the culture. I have to walk straight into it. The resurrection stories. If you just want to get, just ask Paul, just say, hey, what's going on this week? You'll have a whole lot of stories. And he'll start crying, I guarantee you. If you know Paul, I'm right, right? This guy's in love with people. He's in love with Jesus because he's seen the resurrection of Jesus. See, Jerry and Ann, years in Africa, and they're still in retirement years doing the stuff for missionaries because they're like, I'm not quitting. Resurrection's my future. So I'll continue to face the hard stuff. Make sense? So I want to provide encouragement and challenge to you. Encouragement. You're going to go through hard things that are going to kill you. Happy Easter. And that's the point of Easter. That that is not the end. The worst thing that can happen to us is not the end. Could you be fearless people who the one person that's rejected because they have the disease, the one person that culture rejects because they're so annoying, the one one group of people that are the untouchables, you're the one that will be going because I believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you can punch me in the nose as many times as you want. Jesus has these crazy things about loving your enemies. You can even kill me. It's not the worst you can do. Because I'm coming back from the dead. All right, let's stand together. dismiss in just a minute here, but there's a couple things that I felt like the Lord had actually spoken to me. One of them last night is it's actually quite serious. Um, Jet and Danny, can you raise your hands over there? Okay, there are elders in our church, and then Mike and Ronnie, can you raise your hands? They were elders, but they're functionally elders. Um, th- there's there's one issue I'm going to mention that uh, that if if you're struggling with this. You need to tell somebody and tell them uh, today, okay? I felt like the Lord said he wanted to address suicidal thoughts. You know, the, the ideas of suicide and the spirit of suicide is a blasphemy against the Lord Jesus, who's been raised from death for you. There is hope. There is, I promise you, I promise you that Jesus will kick Satan in the teeth on your behalf. So if anybody's been struggling with that and you feel courageous enough, these guys do counseling work, Ron is a professional social worker, you're safe, okay? But you need to say something to somebody about it, okay? Okay? This is life and death and Jesus wants your life to raise you to life. To raise you to life. So let's pray. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is, is you know how Cindy talked about the healing and how you healed her, and how that raises our hope. Lord, will you help us? Maybe some of us it, it, we're in a death spot and we just need to remember where God has brought new life into us. That that it seems like every time there's a new thing, I forget about all the times you raised me from the dead. Lord, if there are people in our midst who are not sure, not sure if this is really true, but they can taste something. Your heart rate's up. You know, something's going down. Something's going down, and i got to respond to this. Lord, give my friends courage to say, I will believe in the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. I want that new life. I want to be forgiven, and I want to be in Jesus' kingdom. And just tell them that. Tell them that. And tell somebody else. Or I just say, hey, I just did this. What do I do? And Lord, will you, if maybe everything's just going awesome for some of us, Lord, will you make us a courageous body? A courageous body that's closely aware of our own death and brokenness from which you've delivered us. We're closely and constantly in gratitude. And we're not shocked when things go wrong. We're not thinking Jesus is against us because something got hard, but we're actually following the king into a broken world where you want to bring resurrection. We say, Jesus, bring resurrection through us. You can do it through me. 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 It through me. Let, may the glory of God fill the earth. May the glory of a risen Lord be through the earth, through these people, walking out of this place today, God, that the resurrection life of Jesus and the restored kingdom coming will be demonstrated through character and signs and wonders, the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, Lord. We say, Lord, we're available. Do it in us through the merit of Jesus' death and resurrection, we pray. Amen. Amen. So good to see you guys. Y'all clean up so well, looking so good today. Just be real friendly on your way out. Have a wonderful day.